NFL podcast. Would appreciate an upgrade to business class. <laughs> From the Crypto.com podcast, did it just get from the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's around the NFL. <laughs> Dan Hansis, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Did you see the dude from the LA Times, Bill Platchkey? One hey, of my, we don't just talk football. We're topical. We one, talk about the zeitgeist. One of my favorite uh, media moments of the year on Twitter uh, was Bill Platchkey from the LA Times just like having like a moment, like a a Twitter moment getting emotional that – the arena in downtown L.A. is no longer Staples Center. It's now Crypto.com Arena. It's not like the Chick Hearn Arena or the Magic Johnson Forum or the Forum. It right. sounded good, though. You know, you're on the, the 110 or whatever, and you see the top of it. And just this, It makes sense. I get it. It sounded good. But, but you I, know yeah, what I'm saying. Being emotionally attached to it was very surprising because it was earnest. It was, like, heartfelt. He was he was heartbroken. I love I love this city. I love the old stuff in this city because L.A. has a bad habit of tearing things down. So when you find old stuff, it's cool. Like the old, I think it's either it's in its last days or I think they might have taken the wrecking ball to it. But the old L.A. Memorial Coliseum, which is also downtown, uh, that was dedicated. We went there because I saw a Springsteen concert there about 15 years ago to John F. Kennedy. Now, if you rename that, it was dedicated in 64, Mark, as you know. Tragedy happened. Yes, it did. Um, that's different. I don't know. Spe- on, on that subject. USC still plays there and stuff. Yeah. I like him owning the no, space. No, no, no. Not though. the oh, stadium. Oh. It was an arena. Oh. Los Angeles sports it, arena. It's smart for him to own the space. He got out there ahead of everyone. He's getting emotional. <laughs> We're talking about it now on this show. That's true. Um, that's not fair. a lot of people in like deep Scotland knew about Bill Platschke, so now <laughs> they do. So I, you know, maybe it, it is a weird thing, though, <laughs> like getting attached to brands. It's a very like. 2021, we've lost that battle that people kind of like. They get attached to brands. Like says these, a man wearing like 18 different brands right what, now, clothing. That's why I just so, said we lost. Know. We lost the battle. You lost it as a child due to due to the nature of advertising. Yeah, I guarantee you were. Well, I'm, I'm not sure what was happening in your childhood. We, that is a mystery. It didn't so. exist. Yeah. All right. On that subject, here we go. I did a quiz last week for Veterans Day, and Mark, you were excellent. Nailed it. You proved yourself. No to be more a true quizzes American. for me. Now it's uh, Greg's turn in the hot seat on the subject of stadium names. We got 15 games this week. I'm going to rapid fire, Greg. I'm going to name the stadium. You tell me the team that plays there. Ricky, get ready for the dings. And Mark, what should we set? Does he have to hit 12 out of 15? Is that fair? Is that too? I think that that would put him high in my um, esteem. All right, here we go. Go. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Falcons. Highmark Stadium. Um, The Bills? Correct. Bank of America Stadium. The Panthers. Soldier Field. Bears. First Energy Stadium. Uh, the Browns. TA, TIAA Bank Field. Jaguars. U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings. MetLife Stadium. The Jets. Or Giants. Lincoln Financial Field. The Eagles. Nissan Stadium. The Titans. Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders. Arrowhead. Kansas City. Lumen Field. The Seahawks. SoFi Stadium. The Rams and Chargers. Raymond James Stadium. The Bucks. Dude. Fist bump for Greg. That was that was solid. The Bills one was the hardest. That was weird. What is that I, called? I never, the Bills in, in Power it. Rankings copy or any other NFL.com, I never call it by New Era Stadium or this <laughs> other hokum. It's always, I say, uh, I can't say Rich Stadium, but 
Uh, Orchard Park. I just Yeah, that's perfect. I yeah, very rarely the, say MetLife Stadium either. I, I like to stick with the Meadowlands. You've got to stick with the rich territory of Orchard Park. I don't care what, they, what company they've attached it to and what they're doing today. All right. All right, you guys are on fire with the quiz game. little mid-season treat that I've cooked into the show, and the listeners, no doubt, are thrilled. Sometimes you got to add stuff to keep you invested as the well, season rolls. Well, there's no rolls. doubt about that. Yeah, we're hearing. I mean, that's we're, you know. we're hearing you loud and clear. <laughs> Dan doesn't love the Thursday show as much as the other shows. I'm here to defend the Thursday show. It's a beautiful show. I have no idea what you're talking about. I love all the shows that we do equally. They're like my little babies. All right, now it is week 11, and um, who let- are we in that scenario? I mean, are we your Significant other. Though. I mean, we help Dan uh, procreate yeah, the baby I guess and birth the baby. I'm not. Saying, I just wonder you know, how Dan this sees is a little, it, though. especially <laughs> after. <laughs> especially, I have to think on that. Especially <laughs> after that uh, weirdo sent that uh, that image on Twitter, Mark, of me as Leo on the Titanic and you as Winslet. Yeah, that was uh, that that made me like uncomfortable. When I, I know, saw it. like I know that when my own Love face you, was making me extremely uncomfortable, and your face, and I generally like your face in general. Like, <laughs> like how is it making other people feel? I mean, I don't know, man. A mess. You guys are weird out there, but we like you. All right, let's get into it. Week eleven, the wheel goes round and round. Let's start with the primetime games. And by the way, tonight. Patriots at Falcons, Thursday night football. Uh, Mark will have a YouTube star, I understand. A different YouTube star? I, I, you know, so Dan Dan did this thing last week, and it blew up ratings-wise. We're learning more about why that happened. And um, we, Greg and I have received roughly 20 to 25 breakdown texts about how successful that episode was. And there's immense pressure to now, you know, just you want to just do a nice. Know, it's great. You want to do a nice little TNF, uh, you know, guest. And it's like, will will they deliver um, to the extent that this individual? Yeah, did? I can't I'm not answer feeling that. any pressure. I'll tell you who my next uh, time. I'm. It's going to be Henry Hodgson. I just want to do a pod with Henry. That's nice. You know, I don't know if he's going to bring the numbers. I think he will. I think he will. He'll bring some numbers in. But this this show tonight will be special for a variety of reasons. I'm leaving it that vague and that oh, um, undetailed. That's exciting. Lack okay. of detail. There you go. <laughs> You're funny, Mark. <laughs> Let's get to the primetime games now. Sunday night football. We're well, going to be there. How about that? Little uh, field trip. It's like uh, in my town where I live now. It's a nice little town and. There's a park. We're right next to the school where the boys go, and sometimes the teachers take the little boys and girls to the park, and they, you know, parade past right down our block, and it's really cute. That's us. We're going to be parading uh, right down the sidewalk there mm-hmm. into SoFi Stadium to watch with a teacher parading us there. I like that. Who will that? Well, again, a role we don't specify. Erica Tampa. It won't be me. You guys forgot about me until 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bad. That was a toughie. I was like, oh, you, you just guys are going to just tell me you're going to Sunday Night Football. What am I supposed to do? Sit here and twiddle my thumbs for four hours? Yeah, it was a toughie. It doesn't feel just. I right? think I think we ultimately came down that it was Greg who dropped the ball. Though. Right. No. So, right. Yeah, largely no. a Greg, a Greg true. problem. I had the big idea. idea, and then Greg, and we all appreciated it. You said, okay, and now I'm going to make it happen by going to the powers that be. You had already asked in another avenue, too. We were turned Did away. Did you include Erica in that? Uh, because that was the initial, can you help us, to a, a shadowy league figure. It kind of was kicked back our way. And then you picked up the ball, and we're all thankful for Very it. Very much so. Um, and got it done. But at that point, that's probably when Erica should be looped in with her credentials <laughs> and things of that nature. I, I, I'm just saying. 
the lesson is uh, do what I did, I'll, which was not lift a finger, I'll not well conduct a shred that, of know, business. Is the end result's all that matter. It doesn't matter how yeah. you get to that victory. She'll be there. Well, it'll, it'll my be my mom's uh, old saying: No good deed goes unpunished. That's what's <laughs> happening to you right now, uh, Greg. All right, Ricky. We hope to see you there as well. We'll see how the credential goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna probably get one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to Ouch. it. Steelers at Chargers. Steelers coming off. I'm not gonna say it was humiliating because you didn't have your quarterback and Mason Rudolph can't really play. Uh, uh, but you tie the the winless Lions. Uh, when you're trying to win a division, it is not a good look. But you're still in good shape because the rest of the AFC North uh, was brutal uh, in week 10, or at least the teams that were playing. And now you go to face a Chargers team, Greg, that is very difficult to figure out. Uh, who are the Chargers? I think I know who the Steelers are. I don't know who the Chargers are. Do you? I think I know they're a below-average defense. Whatever Brandon Staley's tried to do, defensively hasn't worked probably isn't going to work because of a lack of talent I believe up front for the most part there's been some injury problems but they're not a difference making defense they're hoping to improve to average it's one thing to give up all those yards on the ground that we always talk about their Achilles heel well they're not good stopping the pass either like they're bad at they're bad at both and if Bosa's not in this game uh, it sounds like he will come back from the COVID list because he was a close contact. So if you just do the math, he should be activated as, as long as he doesn't uh, test positive. Uh, but Jerry Tillery's probably out. Another defensive lineman's probably out. They have COVID issues. Thankfully, they get to play uh, the Steelers' offense. I don't put last week on Mason Rudolph necessarily. It just looked like the same Steelers' offense that we see every week. Well, I mean, the, the Lions put up an offense against Pittsburgh that said, hey, our quarterback is visibly injured and being uh, taped with medical tape along the <laughs> sideline, and we're just going to run the ball all day. And they ran it successfully. And it, there is sometimes, I think, when we look at the Steelers, it's like we just assume the defense is pristine, and it it has its weaknesses here and there. The Chargers' run defense, which we've talked about every week, has actually gotten a little bit better over the last three or four weeks. Yeah, but they can't it, get stops. They no, can't get off the field. They, they, were, they, they were dead last in the league. They're now 17th. I'm just saying that they, they held the Vikings to 3.1 yards the per carry is, last week. But they I mean, stunk, we and they talk, stunk against the Eagles too. But we could talk about the defense not being up to snuff, but it's the offense that's killing them as well. I know they were very good last week or the week before Sunday, uh, but the greater picture is a L.A. offense that has been very inconsistent at times. They have a lot of three and outs and quick series, and you look at the time of possession in these games. It's not just the defense. It's the offense underperforming as well. And I talked about this with uh, Money, who's the voice of the Chargers, and you know that was kind of his big takeaway, that Herbert has been inconsistent with his throwing. They've had trouble just sustaining drives. And uh, when you get when you keep on kicking the ball back and putting the defense back on the field, they're going to get worn down. Mm. And that defense really, I mean, it was so frustrating if you're a Chargers fan. Watching the end of that game, uh, I have it written down here. They had, when they needed to get a stop at the end of that game, they're down seven points. They're trying to get Herbert back on the field. The defense had the Vikings at a second and 17 and uh, one series converted for a first down a third and 20 on the next series of downs also converted. And then Dalvin cook gets a first down uh, to run out the clock. It both sides of the ball have been disappointing. Yeah. And like the Brandon Staley it, diagnosed it well, what's happening to the offense, because it's not unlike what his defense does to opposing quarterbacks. They've tried to take the deep ball away from Justin Herbert and 
since week six, you know, when they've been one and three, their defense has been on the field a ton. They've gone from eighth to 25th in explosive plays, and it's working. And it's like they're making – and Justin Herbert, it's not on him entirely, but they've got a new offensive line as well. I think it's a new system, and they're making them drive the length of the field versus some of the stuff we saw last year when there was less tape on Herbert. I mean, they're making Justin Herbert boring. There's a lot out there, which is hard to do. Justin Herbert is one of the most exciting quarterbacks I've ever seen in my whole life. And they're doing this dink and dunk offense. Seth Galina wrote a good piece for PFF just comparing it to the Lombardi offense with Matthew Stafford, where for those years with Lombardi, they turned Stafford into a dink and dunk quarterback, much like Drew Brees, who Lombardi... Uh, worked with. He's 32nd out of 37 in average depth of target. And that's not all on the coaches. It's on the protection. But I put that mostly on the coaches. I I was talking with Nate Tice trying to figure this out this week. And he said at one point last week, and and he was a former quarterback, so he understands this way more than I do. At one point last week, they just... A little bit more. (laughs) A lot lot more. uh, That they just started doing like slide protection basically every snap. So what that says is instead of trying to identify what the steel, the Vikings were doing up front to get pressure on him because they couldn't figure out where the pressure was going to come from and they, they couldn't do it and they couldn't protect him. They essentially waved the white flag and just gave the slide protection, which is like you do the same thing every play and you just get rid of the ball quickly and you're just like, I give up. Mike Zimmer, you win. We're just going to keep dumping the ball off. We're not even going to think that we could come up with the right way to protect you. Like, that's a problem. That's a problem. It's going to be a problem against the Steelers, even if the Steelers don't have uh, a lot of their players back, which they might not. TJ Watt, uh, Joe Hayden is Minka hurt. Fitzpatrick, COVID Ke- list. Right, Kevin Dotson. They're, they're a little bit of a mess right now. I do like that Staley's not off in some silo as a defensive coach. He seems like all in on fixing every element of the team. Well, then do it. Well, I mean, it's he inherited a, a, some, a team that was not totally perfect, but they're less mm. exciting on offense than it's they were a, a year a ago. New, so it's a like new that. offense. They're not a ton better offensively right now. Uh, speaking Thursday on the Steelers side of thing, and I do think is Big Ben is a compromised quarterback, especially compared to five years ago, and we don't need to like go back and forth on that, Greg, but I do think he's still an upgrade over Mason Rudolph and certainly Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Steelers OC Matt Canada told reporters that Big Ben is preparing like he's going to play. Sounds like a start. So good. one of these teams is going to be <laughs> asking a lot of questions uh, after Sunday night. Football. Ooh, right. We get to see it live. We're going to be there, and hopefully Ricky, too. <laughs> you know? Could find out during the show if she's been greenlit to uh, attend as a human. And by the way, uh, you know, the Chargers have not been very good at SoFi this year. Uh, they're under 500. And I did reach out to the L.A. research team because it does feel like home teams aren't playing very well. Home teams are under 500 this season, 74, 75, and 1. In the previous 10 seasons, this is from... Again, the great L.A. research team here. In the previous 10 seasons, home teams had a 561 winning percentage. That is the lowest home, uh, lowest win percentage by home teams in a season since the 1970 merger. 2020 mm. is the only other season since the merger that home teams had a losing record. Now, 2020, that made sense. There's nobody at the games, and it's just a totally weird vibe. Throw it out. But isn't it strange that that is now held the following year when the stadiums are filled again? This is the third straight year, though. Home field... I think they were at 52 or 51 percent. It was 518 uh, in 2019. Right. So I, I think home field advantage maybe is just less important than it used to be. But in 2018, there was 602. Yeah. Well, that's still, <laughs> that still used to be. 
It's just <laughs> right. Not I'm just saying we've got a two and a half year sample size, and it is a thing. And I think you you saw this if you watched Warriors Nets on Tuesday night in in Brooklyn or basically any of these games. I feel like the road crowd has a bigger impact throughout the league. Now it's exacerbated here in Los Angeles, but you you were watching like the Bills Jets game, Dan, and in a lot of these, like I've seen Washington get taken over. I've seen Foxborough not get taken over, but it's like 20% of the crowd and you hear them. Very interesting. We'll see if this is just like kind of a bump in the road or if things are changing in some strange way. All right, let's move to the other primetime game. It is strange. I know. No, it is weird. I tend to think that like, yeah, it's an aberration on on one level, and let's check back with me. It's in happening eight, in, eight in the NBA too, so that's weird. That's I got, weird. I got pretty excited there that you were gonna blame it on the millennials for a second there. I got really. I funny. don't do that yeah. at, at this stage because it does not get you anywhere, and nor do I in this situation believe it's the millennials' fault. It costs like two hundred and fifty dollars to go to a game. It's probably too many. Uh, rich, quiet people who aren't actually operating as home field Mm. fans used to do, which was get hammered and start throwing things. Again, that's a nice theory, but there were rich people going to games three years ago too when it was 602. It's not like this is a new thing that corporations have taken over stadiums. I don't claim to have cracked the case. I'm just throwing that out there as a I just one thought, of the, maybe yeah. it's multiple you know pieces of cake that make the full cake of why this is happening. I like I like the way you put that. Giants at Buccaneers is the other primetime game on Monday night. Uh, the Bucks, you know, super frustrating loss, obviously, last week against Washington. I couldn't believe it when I – and I know we talked about it on Sunday night, but then getting a chance to watch it. You know, Tampa, the, their defense, obviously Brady and the offense was great uh, last year and during that Super Bowl run, but it was the defense that really took over and just absolutely mollywop teams and, and they just basically coasted through the playoffs. And then you see – that D surrender a 19-play, 80-yard drive that chewed up most of the fourth quarter, ended with a touchdown that put that game out of reach. No wonder Mark Bruce Arians and Tom Brady were super annoyed. Now they get the Giants, who are not a team that's known for sustaining drives, but then again, neither was Washington. Well, the, here's the thing about the Giants, because we, we've talked all year, like we just cannot claim to know what this offense could be. It's largely been mythological. It's been players that don't exist uh, <laughs> health-wise, not on the field. We, we list them every week, but... Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Toney, they exploded when they actually were on the field together way back when, when they nipped the Saints. And it just because they've been spicy on that side of the ball, you want to just see it this season to, to fairly evaluate the head coach, the coordinator, the quarterback. And I think we're kind of high on the quarterback at this point. And as for the Bucks, I just think that they... They really miss Antonio Brown, and they didn't have Gronkowski for part of that game. You're so right, the defense, you know, fell apart down the stretch at the end of that. And I wonder if Bruce Arians really feels this way about the Bucks when he says the stupidity has to go away. We are a very dumb team. Uh, I don't know if that's trying. And then to... he all said the coaches too, which was no, no, smart. it wasn't yes. just it wasn't just yeah. player focused. But yeah. I mean, does he really think that? Because there aren't a lot of excuses for them to be a dumb team, considering the incredible carryover from last season. The other thing that I'll throw mm. out quickly is that they are one of these sports teams where their home away breakdowns are insane. They are scoring, or the differential point differential is twenty six point two better at home. Must be no rich people in the stands there in Tampa. No, they, I, they are doing other things. If you're in Tampa, they're doing other things. I, or, I don't know. I can't well, answer the, the rich people part. There's that famous Bucks home crowd. <laughs> well, that's, that's a, yeah, they're all, you know, they got the boat, please. That, that, that out, you'll probably be a lot of Giants fans there. 
I thought about picking the Giants to win this game. I feel great about them covering 10 points. I, I think with the Bucks defense, it's fairly simple. They're down five cornerbacks, and they lost two during that game. And Todd Bowles runs that Rex Ryan defense, which when it's great is great. And when it's bad, like, they have really bad games. Like, that's why they're – I think they were, like, 10th or 12th in DVOA this year. But it's like they've been dominant a, hand, a bunch of times, and they've been terrible a bunch of times. I think when Arians was talking about the lack of passion, that was what surprised me uh, last week. And my guess would be he was talking about his defensive line. He was talking about Jason Pierre-Paul and William Golston. Vita Vea got hurt in that game. It's not going to be long-term, but that's a concern. um, Shaq Barrett, that was my guess. Because you kind of watched that game, and you felt like Washington really controlled it up front. And that's where the veterans are. That's where the veterans are. Get off the field there and give Brady a chance to win the game, but they never did. But they play play those guys so much. They're so old school. I think it... It's a little tricky. Like they play Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett like eighty, you know, seventy snaps a game, like ninety percent of their snaps. No one does that anymore. It's like you get, you want those guys ready for the home stretch. I don't know. I think and this Giants team with with Tony Barkley and Galladay finally healthy together might be. Right. I'm glad. It, I'm glad that when they finally get one of these night games, they're actually on the field because it's been a chore to, well, to watch some of the. Let's offense. not jinx it because well, that's, you that's know fair. with this team, the first quarter could end and they could all be in a blue tent, but. Uh, yeah, you know what else doesn't happen anymore? Like, nobody wins back-to-back Super Bowls. It's so hard, and the carryover, it just isn't as much as you would think. But all that said, I remember two weeks ago on this very show making the point, and Greg, like, nodded his head like, oh, it was a really good one. Dan Zeus, great point. I said, what a great start to the season for the Bucks As a defending champion, you're 6-1, and one, you're kind of laying low, you're taking care of business. <laughs> And Greg was like, oh, man, it was such a good Very trenchant point. I picked them such to win the point. Super Bowl. Six and one team ha- off to my, good start. My halfway through the season <laughs> change pick was to, for them to win the Super Bowl. I still like that. My point being I'm that totally fine sometimes that. there's drama out of the gate. It's hard to get guys motivated. They kind of were able to get past that early season malaise and be in good shape, and now they've hit some turbulence. I, <laughs> just very quickly, our good friend Mike Amazing Berkowitz, who's, who's helped us out over the Berko. years. It cracks me up, and I wonder if there's other Patriots fans out there like this. Patriots fans who jumped to the Bucks and then had some very mixed feelings last week as the Patriots are riding high, destroying <laughs> the Browns, and the Bucks are losing the Washington. And it somehow is tearing Burke up inside that they're that they're letting Brady down. And it's well, just a very well, shame, shame on any pa- Patriots you. fan that that did that. And then we're speaking. Thank I mean, you. not you know, not Burke. We love Burke, but like no shame on Burke too. I don't did think he do so. that? Did he do that? He, ju- he became a Bucks fan. Yeah, because he's just a Brady fan, and like that now the the Bucks are driving them crazy. <laughs> I mean, Ricky, uh, come on here. No, I think that's absolute BS. You can't. I'll tell that to Burke in his face. You don't bail. Come you don't bail. In his face. No, it's no, not listen, fair. Listen. He doesn't have time to Wait. defend himself. He he does like the Patriots too, but of he course. was trying to convince himself that hey, he didn't anymore. When the Patriots went, I'm always gonna love Brady. So if I'm looking at games and it's like, oh, I could watch the Bengals or I'm gonna watch the Bucks, we all would rather watch Tom Brady. So yes, yes, am I rooting for him? Do I want him to do well? Yes. If it comes down to either a Pats game is on or the Bucks game, I'm never gonna watch Tom Brady over the Patriots. Ever. Okay. There, there you, you go. go. Well, that's yeah. how that's how I think it should be. But you do have the choice as a fan. I, and I think I remember in conversations with Burke because he I wasn't know born into it. We didn't I don't think this isn't a, an anti. Right. This is uh, an attack on Burke. I'm referring to but other Patriots. I do remember you and I were on opposite sides of the fence on this one, Greg. But there was, you know, 
Some people were unhappy about how that relationship ended. I think Burke and a lot of Patriots fans were mad at New England for not keeping Tom Brady there, which led to some Right, defenses. and in hindsight, as, as happy as I am with Mac Jones, ultimately those people were proven right. You probably should have just kept Tom Brady. Sure. But I it's was, like, I oh, was wrong. God forbid you I have to wrong. go through a season in like five games for the Patriots to get awesome again. <laughs> All right, we're going to get to the <laughs> Patriots, those everybody. Those two long ones. Uh, we'll get to the Patriots tonight. Uh, let's take a break and then get to the draft. All right, boys, here we go. Let's pick up the pace, all right? I mean, it's what we do every show. We start slow. It's fine. We're just so excited. We love talking ball. These guys, hey, you know why that show works? They enjoy what they do. (laughs) They're like guys in a bar. They really take the piss out of each other. Can you actually imagine the last 20 minutes unfolding (laughs) at a bar? Like, there's no, that that is not how bar football conversations go. All right. I the, get what they're saying. We got the, right. Mark would have been into minute two of his Bucks preview, and we just would have walked <laughs> yeah. and gotten a beer or something. <laughs> All right, let's start the draft. I will. I think the best game on the schedule is Cowboys at Chiefs, but there's some strategy involved here. I'm watching that game either way. Uh, in fact, all the late games are really good this week, or at least interesting. But I want to put my focus on an early game that has juice, so I will go Packers at Vikings. Uh, from U.S. Bank Stadium, which Greg could easily tell you is the home of the Vikings. But it doesn't matter where the game's played because it's of no relevance anymore. It is more likely in the NFL. Here we are a week before Thanksgiving. It is more likely that the road team wins than the home team. Okay, total chaos. Adjusting with that knowledge in mind. All the rich people have ruined it again. (laughs) Just a theory. Let's dig in. So the Packers, uh, they got it done. Uh, last week, 17 zip over the Seahawks. Aaron Jones gets hurt, but A.J. Dillon looks like a stud. He'll be the starter. He'll be their bell cow. Um, and I was looking at the numbers as this – I think this Vikings game is awesome because I think it's it's going to be a rugged NFC North battle. Uh, Minnesota, you cannot tell. They are the NFL. You don't know what you're going to get week to week from them. Um, they could beat anybody. They could lose to anybody. Uh, but I really think – and this could be the kiss of death – uh, I really think they are going to win this game. I, d- I, don't, know, I don't know. And I, I know it's courageous I'm a bit to lock of a, up this game. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm a bit of yeah. a Vikings homer, um, even though I'm, I've never held a home in Minneapolis. But I just get a feeling they're really going to come out and play a good game. And the Packers, I'm going to need to see some more, Greg, from um, Aaron Rodgers and this attack, because I think the Vikings are going to move the ball against them. Hmm. And I know Green Bay has been playing great defensively. I'm just saying it's a week-to-week league, and this just feels like a game that's gonna. there's going to be some points. Well, Rodgers has struggled against the Vikings relatively over the course of his career. Uh, regular around the NFL guest Arif Hassan has a good piece in The Athletic today about how Mike Zimmer has been so effective against Aaron Rodgers. I th- think they're 6-7-1, and one, but that's pretty good against the Packers. But his numbers go from being a top-three quarterback to being a pretty average quarterback, and – the answer is he changes every year. Like Zimmer is one of the best defensive play callers. He comes up with different strategies each year based on who he's got. And considering the injuries that they have, I'm really impressed how they've held up defensively. Cam Bynum, this safety who two weeks ago was the best player on the field against the Ravens. I was like, well, that's random. Is he worth talking about yet? It's 
Last week, he was the best player on the field. Again, comes out of absolute nowhere. If Mike Zimmer has a secret sauce, it's that he turns safeties into some of the best safeties in the league. Harrison Smith's going to be a Hall of Famer, but everyone who played next to Harrison Smith is always great, too. And this guy, Cam Bynum, has been a factor. Uh, and I think, yeah, I'm with you. It'll make it tough on Rodgers on Sunday. I, I don't – I mean, I know, Dan, you are not discounting the Packers' defense at all. The opposite. No, no, but no, no, I no. – I, Love this Packers team for the first time in the run of our show because I've always been a little bit um, atypical of not being as fascinated by the Aaron Rodgers experience as some other people. But I like this style, like 34 points allowed to Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Kyler Murray over the last three weeks. Like, that, you know, sometimes these teams go in these trends and you look at the quarterbacks, you look who they played, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like Joe Barry, who was getting picked apart by critics early in the year, has got this crew flying right now. It does sound like for Minnesota, Patrick Peterson will play potentially. He's trending in that direction. That's good for them. Harrison Smith's back too. Harrison Smith. Uh, I don't like what's happening with David Bakhtiari. Uh, they asked Matt LaFleur about what's going on there, and he said, I sure hope he's able to get back at some point, but it's not anytime soon. Sounds like he had a setback because it, yeah. it looked like he might return last week, and now he's just straight missing practice. I mean, now you're convinced me. I, I picked the Packers because, to me, they've got something you can't quantify. Okay, I can buy you know, into that. And, and the numbers believe regression is coming. Vegas is very anti, not anti-Packers, but has been getting drilled by the Packers this year. They're nine, they've won nine in a row against the spread. And even in this game, the Vikings are barely underdogs. You know, it's a two-and-a-half-point spread. But that's because some of the underlying analytics say this is not necessarily that good of a Packers team. But I think you know it when you see it, when a team has something special and different parts of the team step up depending on the week. And to me, these Packers are like winners. And they to, to what Mark was saying, like there's something they've got. Yeah. I think the regression will go the other way, that the they'll, the numbers will get better, and they'll keep winning. His no, I mean – his there was going to be a regression with Rodgers statistically this year. Like last season, he had a nine point one touchdown percentage uh, of his passes, which is like unheard of. It led the league. Now it's down to five point eight. I think he's on pace to throw twenty seven touchdowns this year. So it's not like this. Like they could do anything they want offense this year. And one thing with the Minnesota offense, which really I think stood out in that win. Uh, like we said earlier, they closed out that game against L. A. Uh, but Justin Jefferson and getting him back in the mix and being a downfield threat. Uh, Kirk Cousins completed five passes uh, long, longer than 10 yards down the field to Jefferson. I think he had one to any other player uh, on the team. And that was an, a part of their offense that had kind of they've got they got away from a little bit. And Jefferson is so good. He's such a game changer. He won that game with a big catch down the right sideline against L.A. Keep him involved. Keep attacking downfield against the banged up secondary. Mm. Let's go. Vikings make me look good. They used to have the the Randy ratio. They should have like the Jefferson junk. That's it. Jefferson. No, you got it. That's Brandon. On the first try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I'm worried. Mark. I'm worried for you, Dan, getting Day sucked words. into the Vikings Day again. Words. But uh, we'll I, see. How I that mean, goes. I'm open-minded, knowing how they are. See, this know, is why it's fun to like other teams, though, Mark, because. When you do and they lose, like it doesn't really hurt. It's well, just I, do fun. Like, I, I do like I do like other teams. That's why I like where I like it. I do teams. like other teams. That's why you know, Dan, you remember that man in Pennsylvania way back when who would say things like, "I'm not going to do what everyone thinks <laughs> I'm going to do." I'm not just saying that was a, a clip in our history. Um, I'm not going to pick the game everyone thinks I'm going to pick. Okay, with the the second overall pick. <laughs> Because Greg is exactly right. I'm not going to pick. Yeah, you have the to game go. you think I'm going to pick. Right. You have to go where your heart is. And my heart was won over on Monday night in my living room 
watching Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> do what they it's did strange. to the Rams. And I'm going San Francisco <laughs> at Jacksonville because I think well, – You I, know, you locked up against Shanahan last week, by the way. And I'm locking was, up the Niners this time a, because it's in it is in play, baby. It's in play according to where the that spread is. That was an act is. of treason. You're you're locking up Niners at Jack. Okay, have fun with. I got to get out of the a bad corner. Okay. It is in according to our standards. It is in. I don't want to hear well, any no, morality the plays is fine, about it. Yeah. but there is a mirror as well. That, that's, that, I look is in the mirror, and I don't like what I see half the time. I don't need to suddenly start liking it now. So The standards in oh, the mirror yeah. are two different things. You've got a lot going on here because, you, yeah, you locked against the 49ers last week. You've also said you're intrigued by the Jaguars as a berserker team. I think they're both and berserker since teams. since you said that, you know, they beat the Bills and they almost beat the Colts. That's true. Right. Because I, 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 I am interested in Jacksonville because I, the, oh, there's always the Urban Meyer, Meyer thing, but – I wonder if this defense actually has taken a turn because if they have, they can stay in games like they did against a solid Colts team. For me, though, I just want to see if if San Francisco, if that was a one-week fantasy that does exactly what it's doing, getting me excited again, or if that's who they can be on a week-to-week basis. I mean, Trent Williams, PFF's second overall best player from last week, mauling people left and right. George Kittle back on the field, taking Von Miller and throwing him around like a Raggedy Ann and Andy doll. One of them, or maybe you tied them together and you throw it. As Nobody one. knows the reference anyway. It's fine. It's an old school doll. Does anyone know? By the no, way, right. did a lot, long time around the NFL listeners know it because Mark brings old Raggedy Ann out well, at least I, once I or twice. I did not own season. one, I had, but I I had one. I know of it. I like one. I'm not sitting around playing with it at my house right now. By but the way, like, I understand your salt reference from last week. Now what? The girl with the umbrella in the purple dress. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got you on that one. When it rains, it pours, lady. Yeah. Yep. Good Speaking job. of, you actually brought up one little nugget. Um, this is a little off the game topic, but I, one of my favorite things from that Monday night was... No, get back to Raggedy Ann and Salt. Well, this isn't topic. that far off, Ricky. Um, <laughs> Debo Samuels, I, a lot of these celebrations, it's like, all right, cool. But Debo Samuel has one where he lies down and puts his <laughs> hands under his chin and kicks his legs back like a little girl on her on her bed. I think that's... It's, that's it's more ador- adorable than the Salt Girl with the umbrella. Yes, it's a step up from that. So I believe in Debo Samuel. I believe in Jimmy Ward. I believe in Trent Williams. So I believe Francisco, in Kyle Shanahan. You lock it up. San Francisco at Jacksonville with the second overall pick. That is one of the big surprises. That's Denver beating up on the Cowboys. Well, because they, it would have been there surprise. coming around. There's no right. chance. And then that he'll I was go. He'll go. He'll get but the Browns. I, like, one thing that. is, like, I don't. I mean, I'm that. Well, TBD on that. I don't want to grab Dallas, Kansas City, because everyone's going to be squawking and shouting about it anyways. So it's like I like to be in my own it's world fair. where I can form my own. But you also can just like not. You know, look at, engage with Twitter. Just send them out, but don't read it on well, Sundays. That's a fine way to live. You know, you uh, yeah. Oh, we, we didn't even talk that quickly. That, that Jack's <laughs> defense, though, like they have really forced the Allen and Wentz in back-to-back weeks to go underneath, underneath overall. And that this is a tough team to do that against because you got to tackle that 49ers team. So if you if you just force underneath passes all day, I don't know. Good luck against the Berserker 49ers. versus Berserker. All right. Now. Up next in the draft, wow. Greg, third this overall. This fell so differently <laughs> that I'm going to put off the decision I haven't made yet and just take that Cowboys-Chiefs game. Yeah, you got it. I'm not going to think. Gift. Uh, take the gift. Think too hard about it. What a um, good test of, like, does the course of the season matter more or does just, like, last week matter more? In terms of, like, picking games or, or what you think is predictive. Because over the course of the season – 
nothing predictive about the Chiefs would say they're better than the Cowboys. Even if you believe they turned the corner last week, that Pat Mahomes somehow turned back into Pat Mahomes on that rollout to finish their victory over the Packers, the final play to Tyreek Hill the week before, and he carried it through to Vegas, and now he's got his mojo back. Even if you believe that, I don't see the argument where you say their offense could be better than the Cowboys. It's just not. Like, the offensive line's better for the Cowboys. There's more weapons for the Cowboys. The running game's better for the Cowboys. You got Gallup back. You get Tyron Smith back. I trust that Cowboys offense more. If you want to go back to previous years, fine. Like, then it's a conversation, the Chiefs versus this year's Cowboys. And then when you look at the two defenses, I'm so impressed with Dan Quinn getting production out of guys like Dorrance Armstrong and Jordan Lewis that there's no question their defense is better. So, to me, I... I like the Cowboys a lot in this game, but I am I'm fascinated to see because the Chiefs to me are so fascinating to watch each week. Like which team's going to show up? Well, I I let last week was trying to push this. You know, I not a total argument I would have died for, but that maybe the Broncos game told us something about the Cowboys we didn't want to like. But they came back. Um, that Falcons beatdown was so demonstrative and so powerful, and it's like Ceedee Lamb coming out of the slot is totally unstoppable on every level. Mike McCarthy seemed about as happy as I've seen him in years. And I love both coordinators. There's not anything to not like about Dallas. And I do think, Greg, it's not so much that does Kansas City have the better offense. It's like, can we argue for them to be as chilled out and cool as they were against the Raiders and just deliver a shootout in this game? Yeah, I think, uh, like I said last week, I thought the Cowboys, maybe not the worst thing to get spanked there. And uh, it's an out-of-conference game and, Maybe they're getting there, falling in love with the smell of their own farts, as they say. You know, maybe uh, it they happens needed a to little, some people. And they, maybe they needed a little wake-up call. <laughs> Who and they are got those that. people? Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. Some people do. Some people fall <laughs> in love, and then you get you learn that that's probably not a good way to go through life. Uh, so what they did to Atlanta, Atlanta, the Falcons were in the wrong place at the wrong time in that game. The Cowboys can kill anybody. Now the Chiefs. I've I think I was on record on on a Sunday show like. I'm all in on this now. Yes, you were. It's let's go, Patrick. Let's go, Tyreek. Let's go, Travis. Let's go fly and tear the league apart because it's more fun when you are that way. Um, but I can't base it on anything because they have teased us a couple times this year. Uh, but I don't think uh, that the Cowboys are a defense that's necessarily going to put up a huge fight. And I will say this: the key to this game, Trayvon Diggs, you put up a lot of fights. Trayvon Diggs, keep an eye on Trayvon Diggs. He could win or lose this game because he could have a huge interception or a huge play, and he's been doing that all year, but he's also been giving up a lot of chunk plays. Uh, so Mahomes is either going to feast on him or get killed by him. It reminds me of that Patriots game where the variance on Trayvon Diggs was all over the place. Like he's making huge game-changing maneuvers and then getting totally burned to play later. I mean, it right. seems to happen every week. Which is why I don't like him for defensive player of the year, but that that's a different conversation. I also trust the Cowboys more because I trust them more to stay on the field on fourth down than the Chiefs. And I, I like what Kellen Moore said during last week, I think it was, when he talked about fourth down and he said, it's not really a shock you know, when it happens. It's not this big dramatic moment. It's part of our philosophy. We understand we can play third down like it's second down, so you can play it out for fourth down. So they're calling plays when it's third and seven. Take what you can get, Dak. And because we're going to go for it on fourth down. And to me, that was like the difference in that Atlanta game somewhat is a couple of those situations early that they got up big. In that game. I get it. But if but I if they did it, if they were playing like the 2015 Mike McCarthy Packers, 
they would have very possibly been losing that game midway through the second quarter because going for it on fourth and playing it that way really made a huge difference. All right, let's pick it with a score, Mark. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to go Cowboys 31, Chiefs 20, 28. Yeah, I have, I have the Cowboys 30, 27. That tells you something's going to go way wrong here. Yeah, I'll have to go the other way. I'll go. Uh, They're the just, underdogs in this. Chiefs game. 36, Cowboys 34. Game of the year. Like just mm. that we call. Everyone thinks it's going to be this close shootout. It's going to be like 41 Terrible. to eight, or like 17 three. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Oh. I, know, I know one person who might not think it's uh, who that. Hello, heroes. This is Mackie Wesling. My dad is <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. Wesling. I wanted to thank you for giving me the chance to call in. Since my dad isn't very good at this, he asked me to make the ball speak. I'm going to go with my Uncle Tim and pick the Cowboys over the Chiefs. As nice. you know, the Cowboys have Trayvon Diggs, who has the most picks in the NFL. They also have Demarcus Lawrence, who I think is one of the best defensive ends in the league. And of course, Dak Prescott and OSU Zeke Elliott. I also wanted to say thanks, Greg, for all the help and fantasy. I won't forget that my Uncle Chris was the one that helped me come up with my fantasy league name, which is Return to Mac. Because <laughs> Uncle Chris would say, lock it up. Yeah. Hey. Nice. I like it. That was wonderful. I like it. Mackie Wesseling. I'm sorry, Mackie, for all the terrible lineup advice I've given you this year. Well, he's thanking you. You must every have done time, No, right. every time it's the wrong choice. But I did say pick up Mark Ingram last week. That worked out nicely. Very smart move. Uh, Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison was one of Wes's favorite jams. Uh, and I didn't really, I wasn't familiar with that song, really. Somehow it missed me. And, um, uh, but we used to play it every game, like every softball game. It would play in the studio a lot before podcast. Return of the Mac. So Return of Mackie. I like it all. Okay. Great to hear. All the Wesslings. Greg. <laughs> Why is this so pick hard this for me? Why I, I all week I had a plan what my number one pick is, and I'm changing it on game day. I want to watch Cam Newton live. I realize now that's where my heart is. I'm going to watch the Washington Football Team and the Carolina all Panthers. Right. You can't make this up. That Cam Newton's first—if you had said before the start of the season Cam Newton's going to return to the Panthers, and in his first start he <laughs> goes against Ron Rivera, I'm in on Narrative Street. Narrative Street's fun. I like it. Yeah, I like, because <laughs> he's not the guy, every, you know, a lot of people's like, oh, you know, Matt Rule and David Tepper, you know, they did Cam wrong. He did, he was in a weird spot when that came. If there's a person that should have a revenge game scenario here, it's Ron Rivera, because David Tepper came in there and he fired, you know, the best coach in their franchise history. In like week four or five of that 2019 season, he was done wrong. He wants to go get it. Go get Cam Newton. And, and when they asked Ron Rivera going in, you know, after last week, do you have some, you know, some idea on how to stop Cam Newton? Any defensive plays? He's like, yeah, I've got him. And I, I love that. I, there is something going on here. Well, that's like that's spicy. Like last week, this incredibly tired narrative that like Matt Ryan knew Dan Quinn's defense. Like, excuse me, it goes the other way around. And Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera has about as much knowledge on Cam Newton as anyone out there. I'm not convinced the Cam Newton hype will be met with Cam Newton's performance. I, I like, am I the only one that found him quite boring to watch in new England? I, I get, 
I get what everyone's saying. I think he's got something more intriguing parts around him than he did last year with the Patriots, but wait and see on that. I am honestly more intrigued by Taylor Heineke right now. I, I don't know what it is. I dig watching him. I dig, He's I, got a revenge game. I mean, th- these two teams have so much carryover. Curtis Samuel, who's not healthy. Joey Sly's on this Washington Sly team. Guy. There's Sly's a lot of Washington like guys at this point. Uh, on this team. It's... Uh, it's great. I don't know. It might, it might be wrong because as a Cam fan, I'm a little worried that, yes, we'd see 2020 Cam, especially when he hasn't been practicing. But I think it's worth noting the Patriots reporters all thought he looked better throughout this offseason, and that was backed up in the preseason, and that was backed up by Bill Belichick's words. I know they cut him, but I think he looked better this offseason, maybe a little right, healthier. Right, just not Bill Belichick's actions, but his I, words. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, listen, you have Cam – at 20, 2021 cam is not 2015 cam. So all the Panthers fans that took the number one jerseys out of their closets triumphantly and, and pulled them on, as long as they understand that that guy is probably not walking through the door, you're going to be okay. Because I think what he's going to be is, A, be an upgrade over Darnold, who was just killing the offense, let's face it, over, for about five, five or six weeks. B, I think he's a leadership guy. I think the team, uh, I think he could, like, goose a locker room, and I think that locker room needed it. It was getting pretty grim in there. And then I think the biggest thing with the Panthers and why the leader of the lock uh, battle right now, the old Zeuser, is locking up Carolina Hmm. is Christian McCaffrey. He's living in the second level of defenses again. Looks awesome. And when you you put those things together, I think they're going to I think they're going to roll in this game. And I think they are a, a player in this uh, NFC playoff race. And I think the one other thing with Cam, where's my lock, by the way, Ricky? Hit me with it. I wasn't sure if you actually locked them. You were just like, they're a lock. So you, you're locking I'm up the Panthers, I'm locking up the baby. Panthers. And the my last point, which Their was there. Their defense, maybe? And now it's gone. Someone else jump in. I think they have like a defense that keeps evolving and growing and becoming more dangerous. Shaq Thompson is playing like at an all-pro level. I feel like every time I watch the Panthers, Dante Jackson does something. Hassan Reddick, I mean, they are... They eat up bad QBs. They, well, I mean, we'll see what happens this week. I mean, I, I think the Cam's a whole different deal, and, and he's, there's a lot of unknown there, but the, the, their heart of their team, their offense up until now, up until last week, has like been a huge question mark. Their defense has been really spicy in a field lever. But level. some of that, some of that, the offense was... McCaffrey out and Darnold slumping. 100%, 100%. So now you have McCaffrey healthy and Cam, who's just the more dynamic player. And the point I was making was you have Joe Brady and Matt Rule. And the whole sell on these guys is that they were offensive-minded dudes that knew how to um, make offenses work. So I think Cam, that could that could help him as well. Now, I know McDaniels is a great offensive coach in New England but too. but He's going to help their running game too. They want to run the ball. They've talked about it 45 times a game. Like, that's what they want to do. And Cam Newton is such an advantage in the running game. I think it'll be a big part of the running game. I thought when the Patriots played them, it was very telling. Even with Mac Jones, who's you know been playing pretty well, they didn't even try drop back passing. Everything was short stuff because they were afraid, not afraid, but they were trying to work around that great pass rush that Carolina has. I, I, I'm with you, Dan. I think uh, Washington uh, is in trouble. I do, is he going to? No, I'm not. Um, I do want to point out, though, uh, just a moment that I enjoyed in last week's game from Washington quickly, which was the Terry McLaurin third down catch as he got rocked to essentially salt that game away, was one of like the third down over the middle catches of the year. And it also inspired uh, one of my favorite broadcasting moments of the year from Mark Schlereth. I'm changing his name to McLovin because I'm loving it. <laughs> Who said that, Schlereth? Uh, <laughs> 
You haven't heard a McLovin ref let's, in a while. Let's hear it one more time. I don't know, just the build-up to it. his name to McLovin because I'm loving it. <laughs> oh, no. What does that even mean? Change his <laughs> Got name like to a McDonald's McLovin. reference in there, too. Because I'm loving it. I'm loving it. All right. Well, he's having fun, and that's good. He's enjoying himself. Um, all right. Do we have developing news, Ricky? All right, we'll come back. Oh, no, we got it. This song, I love it. All right, Tom Brokaw here. <laughs> One of the great anthems. We got an email about credentials. Oh. I'll ask. Credential deadline passed, so they oh. may say oh. no. <sighs> yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Don't worry about the uh, in-between. Let's just see how this results. Ooh. And let's, oh. Okay. It's that, problematic. That's not, I, not ideal. Not a rapport builder. But do, we, do we want to call for it right now? Get him on the horn, maybe. <laughs> if you want, I mean, I think we it, know could, it could expedite that. What is a, well, a tough situation? In terms here. of just chain of command, I think it would make sense that you stayed out front on this, Greg. I don't. Have, I'm not taking this at all, Dan, because you brought up this idea multiple times. I never once did I hear. Uh, you mentioned Erica last week, Sunday. You asked other people. I said people. we. I always said we. <laughs> That and Erica's part of the show. She wasn't even on those texts that you were sending about well, it. Or I whatever. wanted to. Fi- I was. I knew where Erica would be on it, but I wanted to see how you guys. No, I'm, I. We all are sharing um, this egregious oversight. I, I said that I because share we're it. leaders, Mark. Yeah, I've been saying this. Right. I share the blame, but yes. if you have, if someone has to take the fall, someone has to be like Tom in Succession. Somebody has. Do you just spoil? <laughs> I just started season one. Well, you've got a way. You've got a way to go. I mean, I think the best thing that I've done, literally, well, that's your fault, Greg. You can't be starting no, season pe- one of Succession, right? Oh now. wow, yeah, that's crazy. How um, like people sometimes don't watch the show exactly as it comes out. That's a new we phenomenon. Might, I don't know. We might have to bleep that out, and I'm sorry. Yeah, Greg. but it's not even. But that's not even something you that's can't happened. Bleep it, it from my mind. That's, that's all it, speculation. It's all right. Spec. That's, all spec. That's even worse because now spec. I know it's not happening until. Would data you know, wipe it from three. your mind? I, you know. I don't. I don't think you can blame Greg here entirely, but I know that the best thing I've ever done is just simply. I did like a thumbs up icon on one of the posts about, "Hey, do you want to go to the game?" Right. Never, never well, weighed in yeah, again. Mark, yeah, not a and man I, of action. Here. No, I know. We I know understand. It's gonna be one or the well, other. What if I said like, "Hey, guys, I want to do this," you, there would be zero response. So it's well, like, I don't, if, I don't, I don't even you attempt. You had said, to, "Hey, don't, don't forget to bring up Erica," then it would be like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah good well, point." I assumed based off the the we comment that we would always include Erica in the comment. There's there's certainly a dynamic. Uh, See if we get Ford's number. Planning. Later. It's you know I'll come up with an idea or Greg will come up with an idea <laughs> and then Mark will be on the chain as well and Mark will almost always answer first and say sounds good or thumbs up. That's right. typically how it goes. But I have because like the, or you'll write Ben me I shape am, me. I am practiced in introducing <laughs> right. ideas that are I totally was just ignored. walking out of the office. They're totally on ignored. Tuesday, so what's the point? And then I see Dave shot. I see Ferd, and I was like, oh, these are the people to to ask Good before for you. we leave. What is the point of introducing an idea to Greg and Dan? Wait a second. Yeah. Introduce an idea. We're in. When I feel Bend like me, one. Shape me. When I feel like okay. one. We're like an hour and forty eight minutes into the show. All right, let's move. Uh, Mark, you are up. I am? Holy smokes. All right. Oh, I know what I want. Got to get that late time slot. I'm going Cardinals at Seattle. I am hoping that that includes, I, as much as I you know, adore the concept of Colt McCoy, that experience burnt out, kind of crashed and burned last week in a way where we don't need to visually experience that again. Kyler Murray has practiced three straight days. Um, to what fashion? Not totally sure. DeAndre Hopkins has not. But I think we're getting Kyler Murray back. 
And I want to remind people here right now that if you are a lover of good writing, um, Connor Orr, our friend, wrote the SI cover story on how the NFL learned to create love creative QBs with Kyler Murray on the cover. Kind of cool that he did that. We all Very cool. grew up reading that magazine. We still read it. Um, I basically just throw out everything that happened to the Cardinals last week. If we're going to hand out mulligans left and right, this is a legitimate reason. You got a backup quarterback right. in there. You're missing a bunch of guys. They got they were down 20 20 nothing due to bad QB play and killer mistakes out of the gate. Just wipe it away. Mm. This game, if you get back on track, two things happen. One, you basically if you continue on this path and you're the Cardinals, you convince us you're basically the best team in the NFC potentially. In my opinion, I know that they're it's people are waiting for them to fade, but Secondly, you bury Seattle. Seattle takes one more loss at this point, and they look bad doing it the way they did last week. My belief in them, I don't need to believe in them. I don't need to spend a lot of words or time They'd be believing three and in seven. them. They, they would and pro- looking like it. They would almost, even with a 17-game season now, the three and seven is going to be very hard. To, there's no margin for error for a team that's been making errors all season. However, I do feel like this is a very tricky spot You're gonna uh, switch for the Cardinals. Lock? Definitely not going to switch because I don't feel confident, but I do think there is something to, and I, I said this already, but like Arizona, smart to the way they play this with Kyler. They didn't rush him back, or let's hope they didn't rush him back. Hopkins, it seems like it's trending towards they're going to give his hamstring another week. That's all cool too, okay? You gotta, you're got you playing the long game here. Now, you also you start 7-0, and now you lose 2-3. or three. So you the way the ebbs and flows of a season are, you might not be playing with the same level of confidence you were even when Kyler comes back and you go to Seattle uh, to face a team that, yes, I know home field advantage doesn't matter anymore, but that's always been a place where the Seahawks play very well. Russell Wilson now has another full week to kind of get back into the groove. Hopefully, if you're a Seahawks fan, knock off some rust. Hopefully, the fingers may be even stronger, and they need the win. I never like to be a team that's going to play somewhere against a proven team that's struggling that needs a win. And that's where Seattle is right now. Hmm. I like the Seahawks this week. They're more interesting to talk about, though, than they are to watch. That's fair. Say that again. I mean, Russell Wilson's coming off, I I think, the worst game of his career. You could do it by any statistical measurements. They didn't score any points. That's pretty bad. First time that ever happened with Russell. Right. That'll tell you. And then the DK Metcalf quotes – I'm telling you, I think it's a thing. I think there's something going on here. When he gave Gino, I'm not trying to make it about Gino, this <laughs> extra praise <laughs> Give me of, a ding, Ricky. of that he <laughs> he had never had a ball put in his play in this certain place where you're just trusting the playmakers. And then after last week's game, after he really loses his mind on the field, and he said afterwards, we have to get the ball to our playmakers and let them make plays. And I pair that comment with a quarterback who, when he's at his worst, and it's not that often he's a Hall of Famer, but like last week, his biggest problem is holding the ball and not making a decision and not getting giving his playmakers a chance. There's something going on here in this Cardinals team who's outscored opponents by 98 points. Good opponents, too, on the road this year. It's like, I'm, I, I just believe in them. I'm with Mark. I believe in them all the way. Well, yeah, Dan, do you, like, with the Cardinals – They've been high in your power rankings, but yes. uh, there there seems to be a bit of hesitancy to a little bit. I will. I think you're right. I I have them high in the power rankings because they deserve it. They started the season undefeated. Now the 
You can't ding them too hard. Smack for... the Browns. Smack the Rams. Smack right. the Titans. Smack you... the 49ers. And you can't ding them too hard because their struggles in the last three weeks are completely connected to the quarterback being hurt and the, the second best player on the team, your wide receiver, being out. Uh, but I, like I said, it's not so much an anti-Cardinals take. It's more a Seahawks last stand type ta- take. And as, as tough as, the, as Seattle's been to watch, as, as mediocre as they've been, as bad as they were on Sunday, this is still an organization with a coach and a quarterback that have been to the playoffs nine of the past ten years. And if they have any fight in them at all, and maybe they don't, maybe things are really messed up behind the scenes and they stink on Sunday and they're cooked. And like you called three weeks ago, Mark, you could stick a fork in them. I'm just not ready to go there. I think they're going to play well in this game. That's it. It's not anti-Cardinals. It's more like I hear you. bigger viewpoint of the Seattle organization over the past decade. And we're not sure what's happening with Chris Carson. I would like Seattle a lot better if we knew Doesn't he sound was. sound good. No. Uh, all right. I'll go next, and I will take another. There are some good afternoon games. Uh, there's only one less left in the late afternoon, so I'll take Bengals at Raiders, and I love that game. Love it. Love it. Cincinnati coming <laughs> off a bye. <laughs> Uh, Who's that character? I don't know. Coming off, uh, coming off a bye. <laughs> it's like it was, it was halfway to Berman. It's like at the big bell bottom. Uh, I was gonna say it's, it's kind of like a, a Molly Shannon SNL character. Yeah, a little, yeah exactly. Like Nineteen ninety eight or something. Kicking her leg up in the air. I love it. Um, <laughs> Cincinnati hit their bye in a bad way. A terrible loss to the Browns. Collapsed against the Jets. Bye came at a really good time, and it's a good test. Um, for that coaching staff who we've given them props for the rise up uh, in the first half of the season. But now here's here's a real challenge. Here is your first, um, you know, real struggles that you've hit. How do you adapt to that? Are you going to go down the tubes like so many years before in Cincinnati? Or are you going to kind of come out and beat the Raiders, a Raiders team that also is 5-4 and four and is also on a two-game losing streak and has looked like a team that looks like it can go either way right now? I feel like this is like the... Bone Thugs and Harmony Crossroads game of the week. Yeah, it's like two, team, da, da, two da, teams da, on the da, cusp of what madness. What you gonna do? Right, it's like it's the stop the bleeding bowl. Right, it's like the you could you could call it the overrated bowl if you wanted. Like How about if you, if you look at like kind of the analytics stuff, these are two teams that are maybe below average but do have a winning record. I call it the Uncle Charles Bowl. It needs yeah, to be my Uncle Charles. Uh, Bengals Raiders, the team that loses this game, I think they're in a lot of trouble. And uh, I think it's a coin flip game because how, how can we possibly know? You guys tell me. You follow ball. You tell me how can we tell which version of Cincinnati or Vegas shows up on Sunday. That's why it's a, it was a pick em to start. The, the betters must like the Bengals because they're now favored by a point. I lean Vegas just because the Bengals defense has me so spooked in their last two games. Like Mike White sanity or whatever we're calling it was totally because of the Bengals. Right. Uh, hey, Baker's like did it. You know, he slayed the Dragons without OBJ, even though he had like one throw to a wide receiver. That was because of the Bengals. Mark's right here. So, so uh, part of me here. thinks Derek Carr's playing so well that he'll do something similar. Yeah, it's like I, if anything, you went into the season not trusting their defense. Uh, a lot of trust was gained, and then it's been lost. I mean, it, it, what happened to them? The Cincinnati was totally destructive. And I also look at a Raiders team that was down 41-14 to last week. I know it's the Chiefs, 
but their own offense had 10 first downs like late, late mm-hmm. in the game. Like uh, you well, get that was to the a final point, score. So you they get to, stayed down. Yeah, they, they just like th- that scared me for the Raiders as much as some of the stuff going on with Cincy. So I think that, you know, we've nailed it, the three of us, as we always typically seem well to done. do. Um, the loser of this is in serious hot water. Um, all right. Hot good, butt land. Good job by, um, I think it was Phil Wessling pointing out that Joe Burrow's lower half I is like, oh, you put it out there. I did put it out the there. The picture? I'm not proud of it. Oh. But yes, there was a photo of Joe Burrow at a press conference and his lower <laughs> half. It was, it was a little bit alarming, and I sent it over to the Cincinnati boys and uh, you fellas. And I uh, just want to be out there. Listen, it wasn't. Go ahead. You could pick Maybe it, it wasn't to share. Then I shouldn't have done that. Just, yeah, he was a little small. He's like big upper half, smaller sure. legs. His arm is much stronger, though, here this year. So maybe he just worked a lot on his arm because uh, he is a different quarterback. Joe Leads Burrow the league in interceptions. But I also would say that that, um, that visual. <laughs> I, I noticed this little no, 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 they're not, Burrow they're, thing. They're, not all, on, on. they're not all on him. I get He's that. Good. But He's first good. of all, with Cincinnati, like you up. need to be um, creating a podium situation that doesn't reveal the player's lower half. Like right. it lo- That was an issue a, for them earlier well, in the season. They needed a new unless podium. You have this a, is not Westport High School. Let's get our act together. Yeah, here. unless you have a super prominent lower half, then you say put him in front of that one. Right. That Fugazi set up. And then if you got you know some chicken. Like yeah, Burrow's taking yeah. bullets now because of the the equipment setup. If to you're some like, degree. yeah, like we wouldn't even know. Maurice Jones Drew in his second year don't even need a podium. Those right. those legs no. are tree trunks. Very thick. Saquon Barkley, you know, put Quadzilla, have him stand it up and let the the media just stare at those things. Should be a player by player case. All right, let's pause right here and take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, all right, I uh, snakes to me, and I will just because obviously. I shouldn't take this, but I will. Dolphins at Jets. Uh, so I, I'll fall on the sword in this one. Um, and not a lot needs to be said other than two is playing. Uh, the Dolphins had half a bye after their upset win over the Ravens. So the idea now, uh, as we've been talking about, is Tua has an opportunity here to string together some quality games, uh, either as let's, – let's just be totally honest about this – audition tape for another team in 2022 – or uh, with the Dolphins. So that's that's kind of where I see it now. You could also, I guess, make the case, and Greg, you had said, uh, you had shared the nugget that there's only five teams that aren't, aren't within a uh, one game of a playoff spot entering week 11. Are the Dolphins outside that window? Yeah. Yeah, they're they outside the window. But listen, it's the, the parity in the league is so out of control that even at 3-7, and seven, you beat the Jets, you're 4-7. and seven. Okay, let's see. Maybe well, you get hot. Yeah, I mean, it's they have the Jets. They have the Panthers, the Giants, and then the Jets again. I get the Panthers. Everyone believes that they're morphing into something that I called them before the season, which is a playoff team. But I do look <laughs> at the was Dolphins. That such a Sessler line. What? <laughs> it's like I'm going to get on people, Dan, for getting into a team. Oh, no. I th- and then I'm also going to throw out that I was in on the team earlier. Well, it, you, ha- you, ha- you, you have to get it in there any way you can. But I, I think, Dan, your attitude towards um, – I saw some of your tweets about the Jets, oh, the Jets and you are on. dead right. We don't need to – I think people get where you're at. I want to see with Miami, though, like the, the Baltimore game, wow, it's like, okay, maybe just another one of these total you know, aberration scenarios. But 
they last year, I thought, won over a lot of believers by how they made life so difficult for opposing quarterbacks. And it wasn't the same thing every week. They were able to be versatile and adjust. They did it to Lamar Jackson. I mean, I'm not saying doing that to Joe Flacco's Stone Age Pony guy is going to continue our belief on that front. But if the de- if the de- if the defense like shows up and starts to form into some shape, like I can believe in them sneaking back into this. The Ravens race. game didn't come out of nowhere, though. the The defense has played well for three weeks. They made well, Josh right, Allen. I'm saying on season overall. No, no, I get it. Get my the, got, my point is like, that there's something to, if you're a Dolphins fan, to hang on to. I think the offensive line is going to be so bad, it, it, that's going to prevent a, a playoff push. I but mean, the game before the that defense, came against the Texans. So I Sure, kinda, but they gave Tayrod Taylor the worst game of his career. They gave Josh Allen a lot of problems, and they gave an MVP candidate, Lamar Jackson. So that you feel good about. You're going against Flacco, who they say they want because he's a veteran who's like seen these types of defenses. Flacco also got shut out against this defense last year as a member of the Jets. I don't get it. I really liked what Robert Salas said about how Jets fans flipped so quick, or Jets media from like, eh, maybe this guy's the next Romo that till we never want to see him again. It's somewhere in between. I would have liked to see Salah Mike. said that? He said that on Monday. So why isn't he starting him? Exactly. Well, that was on that, Monday. That turnabout is and the issue. He, he wasn't calling out the fit, but he said, you know, that he deserved better. And I thought so too, Mike White. Because like, you know how many quarterbacks, even this year, Sean McDermott has made look terrible? I mean, Mike White looked terrible in that game, but I would have liked to see another game from him instead of Joe Flacco. At least find out if, like, Mike White's a long-term backup or a long-term guy you could use. I, th- I, that, that part I, I don't I think get. the dark truth of it is, and this is – you can put it all on the Jets, or this is sometimes the way the business works, is they traded for Joe Flacco. They gave up some assets to get Joe Flacco, so we're going to use him. They probably told him he's yeah. going to play. He you said know. that. Yeah. So that I think that maybe played a role, and you know, and I, people, and people have their fun in the mentions uh, with the old Zeuser when the Jets are <laughs> you know going up in flames, and they certainly are right now. But it's like if you're coming at me like trying to dunk on me on Twitter yesterday, I can't believe you're starting Joe Flacco. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Why should it matter to me or any other Jet fan which one of these guys starts? The, the only thing that would concern me because I couldn't agree more. I mean, Jets fans are like watching New Jersey Devils hockey at this point, but. Um, if What's like, wrong with the Devils? I don't know. It's a depressing organization, I I think. But um, like, if if the a championship co- organization, though, although they go did, ahead, Mark. They what if the coaches the, down, the coaches were basically told bad, by yeah. the front office like you have to start Flacco? I don't know. I I doubt they seem to all like I each don't other. Care. They're trying. Like, yeah, that part of trade. That would just like me. the only thing that matters is like developing some of these young players. That's been the biggest disappointment of the Jet season. Is so many of their core pieces either got hurt or are underperforming like Quinn and Williams, at least Elijah Moore, who you asked to start showing up, has started showing up, and that's yes. one guy to watch. He's gonna, he's going to be good, Elijah Moore. He really is, and I think they're a young running back. Uh, they have multiple guys with the same name. Um, I'm blanking on the name right now. Michael Carter. Michael Carter. He is uh, – I think he is a player. But – Get back to me when Zach Wilson is the quarterback. Let's see if the Dolphins can stack wins. There's a good chance that Dolphins could get to week 16 at 6-8, and eight, which still puts them, you know, in a bad spot. But they should win three or four unless they really, truly stink. And maybe they do. All right. Up next is Mark. All right. I'm going to go Baltimore at Chicago, 1 p.m. Eastern start. Uh, I just want to see what both these teams do after the last time we saw them. We just mentioned what happened to Baltimore. Uh, that has to be one of the most surprising results of the year. 
And the Bears, yes, they haven't won a game in over a month. And let's not even talk about the whole Matt Nagy thing, which we've hit a thousand times. It's all about Justin Fields. Uh, he was so watchable against the Steelers. And it's almost maybe even like despite the coaching or despite some of the things around him. But uh, I really want to just watch his trajectory over the rest of the season. And this Baltimore defense, like I think maybe this is me, but just because they've been good since I was like a youth, I always just assume their defense is good. They're 25th in DVOA. They're bottom seven in sacks. They have been plagued by missed tackles throughout the year. They are one of the uh, bigger play-allowing defenses around. And I think there's an opportunity for Justin Fields to continue to have success here. They've got a good ground game as well. We'll see. I think the Ravens have a lot to answer for after being totally embarrassed. Talk about a coaching staff that has to, had to go away and figure out what went wrong. Yeah, offensively, that was crazy that they couldn't come up with something during that game. I'm not that worried about them long term, but the defensive points you make are really smart because they usually improve as the season goes along, this Ravens defense. Like, they'll figure out where their flaws are, but they've kind of gotten worse over the course of this season, at least so far. So you wonder if Wink's gonna, Wink Martindale is going to come up with stuff. He's facing a lot of heat in Baltimore where people like want to get rid of him. I'm really surprised about that. This normally would be a spot where you think Wink Martindale against a rookie quarterback, he's going to send a lot of blitzes. He's going to be aggressive, and Justin Fields could be in for a long day. But when you look at how good Fields is throwing the ball down the field, that's it's a risky uh, strategy against Justin Fields. It is annoying that even like I got stuck, I'm sure we have writing a sentence about Justin Fields this week, where you have to come up with new words for field. Like the actual field he's playing on. Mm-hmm. The pitch you could throw out there. Yeah, that is, the, I mean, that's, come on. Yeah. The yard. That's even it's even sort of more yeah. suspect. The gridiron. People love the gridiron. I just er- I just erased the sentence, and so the one before Smart. and after made no sense when clicked together. That's how you it's do like it. when you call the quarterback the signal caller. Well, yeah, you know that's yeah. even though they're not yep. they're not really calling uh, the signals. I anymore. guess with this game, <laughs> Chicago does not ignite my imagination. Uh, Allen Robinson came out of the bye week and got hurt, which is always a great thing. So he's he's a, a questionable for this game. I think it's a hamstring. Khalil Mack and, and Eddie Jackson are both back. They're so two that's good. I get if I'm looking at like what matters in this game, uh, it's does Chicago try to follow that Miami blueprint, uh, blitz in the house and daring. Um, the Baltimore offensive line to cl- pick it up and for Lamar Jackson to make the throws. Philip Rivers got a little zinger in at, uh, I thought, uh, Lamar and maybe some other people from his past uh, on the Manning cast when he uh, pointed out what Eli did to win a Super Bowl. You just got to run the sluggo. You could beat this. You could beat that type of uh, defense. You just have a quarter, have to have a quarterback that can do it. Uh, so if Lamar is a stud, and I think he is, they should be able to adjust. I think Baltimore rolls here. I do think it's important to note Lamar didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday with an illness, a non-COVID illness. It's the third time this year he's missed significant practice time with illnesses. And his two top receivers, Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman, are also out of practice. One, it's unclear why. Bateman with an injury. So that, you know, mm. just I think right, I would expect Lamar to play. No, I would expect so Lamar saucy. to play, but if he doesn't have those receivers, we'll see. And they flat-out released Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that guy's career... See you later. Oh, no. We have – all right, I have some breaking sad. news here. It's not sad. That guy stole Just money. like one of the most entertaining running backs in NFL history. Patient, to, too. To get so bad. So patient. Oh, what a unique runner. Um, 
This from the Tampa Bay Times. Bucks receiver Antonio Brown obtained a fake COVID-19 vaccination card to avoid NFL protocols, according to his former live-in chef. I mean, is this, <laughs> yeah, no. you guys used to get on me for is this developing newsworthy. First of all, the live-in chef is the... That's pretty good. And we don't even know if the wait, NFL the Tampa, is doing anything about Tampa it Tampa Bay Times is a reputable... Wait a second. This is newsworthy. This is an important player on the defending champion Bucks. And we saw the uh, hullabaloo with Aaron Rodgers. Well, here's a fake COVID-19. I think this happened in the uh, NHL. Sorry to bring up the NHL again, Mark. Your New Jersey Devils that cut pretty deep. He like hated that trap defense they had back in the nineties. <laughs> well, it's you know two times two back. times is the absolute maximum limit. Do not do, um, not do it again. The fake COVID card. So that that's just interesting. That just came across the old. That could lead Ricky, to something. Ricky Hollywood wire. Now he could get suspended. You know. He's been hurt, but that that could that could be a problem for him. Uh, all right, let's see. That was that. That was that game. Now, Greg, close out the draft, please, sir. Wow, my what was gonna be my first overall draft pick all week still available. I guess I gotta take it. It's Saints Eagles. It's a good game. <laughs> Just expected more uh, reaction from you guys. It's fine. I mean, maybe I, maybe your front honestly, office is discombobulated. No, these are, you know, I gotta, you know, you know, I have teams that I enjoy watching. Yeah. Let's put it this way: they're the only teams I listen to team-specific podcasts for, uh, other than the Patriots, because I am fascinated by these two teams in general. I always kind of lean for these teams and these versions of these teams are very interesting to me that Jalen Hurts has really turned into one of the best uh, running quarterbacks that we've seen. Certainly him and Lamar are the best two right now. uh, And they've built the offense finally around him. It's kind of taken a minute, but it it's worked against defenses like the Chargers, the Broncos and the Lions, who are three of the very worst at stopping the run. And now you got to play the Saints. And I just was amazed that the Eagles are favored in this game with all the Saints have accomplished and shown this year the toughness that they've shown. Like, show me the really bad Saints performance. Even when you're losing to the Falcons, like, if you watch that game, and I, I guess I believe in this Saints team, and I definitely believe in their run defense. Marcus Davenport, who I've always enjoyed watching, who just throws guys around, is having his best season. And Cameron Jordan are probably the two best edge setters, run-stopping defensive ends. You're healthy up front. I think it's going to be hard to run against this team, and I think that's going to make it tough for the Eagles to win this game. They have five guys ranked in the top ten at their position on defense, and it's it's who you mentioned. It's it, hmm. Demario Davis, P.J. Williams. It's I, I love, PJ. I love this. Lattimore is there, or Marcus Williams. I'm wondering who's there. It's You've got Demario Davis, Marcus Williams, P.J. Williams, Marcus Davenport, and I believe it's Lattimore. And though watching that game last week, though, the one thing, and I, this is why I think Sean Payton, he's not going to win it because the record won't be good enough. It's not how it works. Like, is my coach of the year in a lot of different ways because he is coaching a team that, like, you've got Trevor Simeon at quarterback, who I think does has done some good things. Like, Mark Ingram stepped in at the right time, but they have such a small margin for error. Like, last week, that fumbled kickoff, like Adam Troutman having the false start on the two-point conversion, being wide open on a shot. I know that Saints fans are super annoyed with him. Missing two PATs, you would have won that game. Oh, don't you... forget about the bogus roughing the passing call. That All as that well. cost I mean, them seven points. But I'm even talking about what the players Brutal. are actually doing. It's like the, these little mistakes. The margin for error is so small, and they're, he's coaching – 
the hell out of well, this they team. Need, they hit, though. Man, they are physical. They it's are. A they're, physical they're old team. school. I, re- I appreciate they, that. They really, I think, you know, I think seven times out of ten, they probably win that game last week against the Titans. I think the Saints are going to be okay. But if Sean Payton, for instance, is going to get serious coach of the year consideration, they're going to have to find a way to the playoffs. He's not. Here. I just yeah. think that he he's another coach. I'm with Another you. coaching staff, they'd have two wins right I'm now. with you. Yeah. The fact that Trevor Simeon has not been a downgrade in it, I can hear Wes like making fun of me now because he he always was annoyed how I believed in Trevor Simeon and it the wheels fell off after a nice start with the Broncos when he was a starter. But in these two starts, Trevor Simeon has not been a downgrade from Jameis Winston. I think the offense has looked pretty good. If anything, I think he's looked a little more on time than Jameis, a little better than like Teddy a couple years ago and Taysom. They might have something, or it's a two game thing where the league figures him out this week, and I look stupid. Not Man, sure. I know Antonio Brown. That guy's a knucklehead. No. Who would have thought? He is not. He's, he has got it all together. He's a fool. Well, I think the, I mean, there's, there's more. Not, there's a lot to be. There's other things going on that we don't know about with him. So I don't I don't know. I don't what? Know. Do, you, do you care to I offer def- a defense of Antonio Brown at this time? I'm just saying I think that there have been like there. He seems to face some demons. So I'm not sure what what that is like for him. Um, I mean, not. I mean, it's not the most entertaining part of the conversation we've had during the show, but we. Okay. I just want to. Greg is Greg just let, a thousand miles away when we get to that topic. So. No, I just. <laughs> I, I, candle that I was hoping Dan was on the same page as me, which is just ta- stay totally silent and let Mark keep talking. Jeez, oh, keep know. talking. About I know, but I around. like I. I just am saying I'm not trying to sound flip or anything. That's all. No. Like I, I, don't, I, don't I saw know you starting to go down a hashtag free Antonio Brown <laughs> no, path, I'm and not, I was like, I'm just going to get no, out of the way. I'm going to no. open up the runway. I'm I mean, not, I'm not doing any of those it's things. It's like, first of all, how hard, you know, to get caught, you know, getting a fake Vax card. It just doesn't look like that hard of a card to, to fake. I guess what you have to be is a jerk who annoys someone in your life to the point that they reveal you for being who you are. And that's happened a lot with Antonio. This from Adam Beasley. Where's Beasley at now? He is at the Miami Herald. No, now he's at the Pro Football Network. Um, The word in Florida football circles is Antonio Brown offered his Vax card hookup to others in the NFL community. That's how I first heard about this. Well, that whole part of it is utterly absurd. I don't. I mean, what's who's his Vax card hookup? Like a sixteen-year-old? Like, it's like a fake ID. Did you guys get a fake ID? Well, you could just get one of those pieces of paper from CVS if you wanted, and you'd create fake ones. Or you could just get minutes. the vaccine. Just that's another option. It right, absolutely that, is that probably seems, the, the that right seems option. Like a good right choice. I got my booster, and I got that Pfizer flowing through my blood today. I feel strong. You feel good? Oh yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna destroy oh, yeah. people. <laughs> How about you, Mark? Did you uh, get your booster yet? It's in it's uh in the mail. I got my flu shot yesterday, and I'm feeling a little Wait, bit they tipsy. Send the booster. No, in the meaning mail? like the the action is in the mail. I have a schedule. <laughs> oh, I was gonna do it the other your day. Fake vaccine card. I was gonna do it the other day, and this very show interrupted my schedule. So Ouch. don't come at me. I'm sorry. I mean, we tape at the same times every week. So we didn't last time. Like All right, one three. more break, and then we'll finish up the show. All right, let's get uh, – that's another coin flip game. This is a great week. This is a great week of games. I feel very confident we're going to be talking about some bangers come Sunday night. There's the kiss of death. All right, the rest of the games. Can't believe this wasn't drafted. It's kind of my fault uh, because I took that Dolphins-Jets game. Otherwise, Colts-Bills. Yeah, this is – how is this That should have been drafted um, because it's an important game, has big ramifications <laughs> oh, no. in the AFC. Uh, the Colts now 5-5. Five and five. Anybody check out the Hard Knocks in-season app? 
No, I've seen people. Oh, yeah, just see, last I've seen night, our yeah. friend Zach Kiefer was tweeting about it. Um, so it's been watched by at least uh, one person. Yeah, I watched the first 15 minutes. It's uh, I was enjoying it. Uh, then got sidetracked. Anyway, Colts at Bills from Highmark Stadium. Oh, not at all. Orchard Park. I remember back in the day we we came up with name suggestions and I suggested the Marv after Marv Levy. Oh yeah. But there's no Marv. money attached to that. That's from the, issue. the Marv. Well, don't tell Bill Plachke. We're gonna get him emotional again. Right. Um, from the Marv, the Bills six and three, and this is a good one. I like this one because here's the thing. Uh, when the Bills light up a Jets defense that has been historically terrible for about a month and a half now, um, I say, good, that's a nice get-right game for Buffalo, but it does it totally alleviate any concerns about Buffalo's offense going forward. No, I still want to see them put together a couple games where they look like the Bills of last year, so here's an opportunity. It doesn't matter that it's at home, I guess, but it is at home. It's against the Colts. <laughs> Uh, who this is a big turning point for their season, Greg. I think some places matter. It's cold. What there. about when you're a dome team visiting like yeah. Western New York and yeah. you know, a week before well, Thanksgiving? There you go. Uh, this is an important game for the Colts who finally reset their season at 5-5. Five and five. And if they ever found a way to beat Buffalo, the supposed best team in the AFC, we're talking a totally different situation here with this conference. Such a big game for Wentz, who has avoided turnovers this year for the most part, despite making some of the worst decisions mm. ever, including last week a left-handed mm-hmm. pass, a, f- a flip pass where he's like running to his left. These two teams lead the NFL in turnover differential. The Bills are number one. The Colts are two. So to me, it's a big test for both quarterbacks to kind of avoid the big mistake. Uh, this is a game that Josh Allen played very well in in the playoff win by the Bills last year. It took more or less the best of Josh Allen, I thought, in that game. Uh, to beat a game, Philip Rivers. You didn't think I was going to bring up the Rivers-Wentz comparison again this year, Dan. But this is the ultimate test. This was the playoff matchup. This is the is Wentz. Do you want to know what the Colts record would be if uh, Philip Rivers was playing on the team? Six and four. Five and five. Nope, six and four. Philip Rivers is no longer a difference maker. He wouldn't have blown that lead. He wouldn't have blown one of those leads. All right. All right. Hey, I thought Wentz was terrible against the Jaguars. I uh, do not. Right. If if you are a Colts fan, you look at it and you like, oh, he's got 18 touchdowns, three picks. And this is coming from a guy that's a Wentz apologist on the show. But I look at him and I watch his games and I know he's been better. And on balance, I think it's been successful, uh, this move uh, to Wentz this season. But I don't trust him. And this is going to be very difficult. Mike White is not uh, the... NFL version of Jeremy Lin. This, this is not a guy that's a good quarterback necessarily, but uh, they made Mike White so <laughs> look so bad in that game. And I think Wentz is a guy who similarly can be flummoxed and uh, start doing stupid things when under a lot of duress. And um, yeah, I like the Bills. In this they game. need a signature win, and they have beaten the Dolphins, the Texans, the Niners in that hideous monsoon the Jets that you just mentioned, and the Jaguars. It's like I, they're also scoring 30 points a game since week week four. Like, we totally love Jonathan Taylor. This is the week. You change fun everyone's game. mind. Kind of like they're so fun that nine, none of us picked it right, over the seven nine and a half, chances. Seven and a half point underdogs. Kind of like the Colts there to keep this close. Keep they don't get blown out. All right, let's move on. Uh, this is – I don't know if this has ever happened. Lions – at Browns, Browns undrafted. Uh, Mark, what is this? What's this all about? Well, I'm like I I I need a rest. I need a break. 
That's just what it boils down to. It this is the mm. this has been one of the worst weeks under a very steady um, regime with Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry. I don't. We were on the break. Well, it might be time for a long one. I mean, I just don't know if I need to deal with this on Sunday. It's is maybe part of it. Wow. Or I don't. is it that because Shook often has the Browns games? Are you now? You yeah, but that's never get it. that's never been. That, that's true. That I, yeah. I know that I know that um, an impediment that, in the past. I know that Shook covering it will be will give us great Browns reporting and great Lions reporting. So it's being left in excellent hands. I just if I've hit a point where I am fed up. And the, the opponent is not bringing me back into the mix. Like you got but Miles perfect. Garrett. There's no good scenario. Wait it's, a not, it's, it's not good. It's kind it's of a good. no-win scenario. I guess yeah, sure you win by 30. That feels good. But if the Detroit running game gets those oh, interior on. runs going, like they did against Pittsburgh, that was where New England attacked. They that their whole game plan was like. Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell, uh, everyone says that you've got a good defensive line. How about we destroy you and run straight at you? And those guys were washed out in the running game. The, the ends weren't great either, but especially in the middle. If Detroit could do anything well with Tim Boyle season starting that quarterback, am I, am I, maybe I'm they could at least make it right interesting. Now? It's a no-win scenario. If this was a lockable game. This is 11 and a half point. Uh, I would run to this game because sure. this is all set up for Cleveland to get back on track. You couldn't ask for a better situation for the Browns after a humbling loss last week. And I know Baker's all sorts of banged up. He said it this week that it's his the most banged up he's ever been. But you're going to get Nick Chubb back. And in general, like I know the Browns have been disappointing, but they're going to yeah. destroy the Lions this week. No person on the planet that I know understands needing a, a respite from your team once in a while when they're... We were on the break! Bingo, we still are. We're just starting the break. They're 5-5, five and five, though. I, I This is not an <laughs> ongoing break. In the past, I would I had like full-on divorce from the team. I'm not doing say. that. They go into their bye after this. Then they have the Ravens, or they have the Ravens after this, then a bye, then the Ravens again. Like, there, Things could get real dark. Let we'll me ask you a question, because we've been doing this podcast since 2013, and... Um, We've both been through very dark times with teams. Now the Browns have gotten to a place of respectability. Is it a more frustrating season in 2021 than, say, some of those lost seasons in the mid-2010s? Uh, so the, a 5-5 five and five is actually a worse fan experience than a 1-9. and nine. No, I could never say that. I mean, okay. like, because when you put fans through that, for all these bad teams that we talk about, it's meant to be fun on some level. And they are fun half the time. I, I just I there's need, hope still. There's hope, and I honestly think that like this might just be a rough year where a lot of stuff's gone wrong. And on another note, like it's like every week this COVID season is as bad as last year, and every week alterations to games are happening because certain players aren't in there. And I I'm a little over that. Like I you know I'm gonna I'll live through it. I'm not gonna I'll, you know it's not it's not gonna be right. the end of my fandom, but it's a bit tiresome two years. It's in a not row. as it's not as scary in the sense that most of the players are vaccinated, so when they do go on the COVID list, it's not uh, concerns of a long term illness. They're or, just not on the field. But it does for from a football standpoint, it is right. taking them off the field. Having Nick Chubb which, last week, by the way, would not have made any difference. I don't think I, after maybe the first quarter. One one quick thing on that was when I went back to watch that game one interesting thing the Pats defense did after that first drive which didn't work was they just kept their heavy personnel on the whole game like they did like when it was passing situations 
the Patriots still kept those big lumbering linebackers out there and their big guys up front, and and they didn't go like you know dime defense and didn't go because they were just like we're still af- more afraid of Dearness Johnson than Baker that yep. you're going to have to beat us throwing to the outside, which is very unconventional, and it worked well. I don't think the Lions are the team to uh, execute that some game plan, but I would think other teams will adopt similar attitudes. Well, and, and uh, the last little thing, like every team that the Patriots have faced of late, it leaves that opponent in chaos. And th- that's what I was meant to say up top was that the, all the narrative now is that you have Miles Garrett saying, we didn't adjust on defense, we didn't do this or that. It's like, these were things that were never said last year, and it's just you know the the journey of a coaching staff is rough when these things get when things get ugly. Um, all right, and finally, on the schedule, hey, the Titans. Hey guys, you're in this a much needed layup after game after game this season of the Titans and successfully going up against playoff teams. They tied an NFL record last week with their fifth consecutive win over a playoff team from the year before. Um, uh, I think they have seven games overall against teams uh, that are playoff teams a year ago, and now you get the Texans at Nissan Stadium. Always like the Altima. I thought that was a steady mid-tier. I I owned a Sentra, drove it down to New Orleans, had it throughout college. Drove it to Los Angeles. Okay. A stolen vehicle, but that's it's still a nice story <laughs> overall. Um, Graver's got a Nissan. He's such a Titans guy that he, he owns it. a Nissan. He's got an Altima. It's I hope that's not true. Hey, it's uh, true. put the headset on uh, Graver because uh, I don't want to – because this is, like I said, a, a well-earned layup this week for the Titans who are going to move to 9-2 and two, mm. uh, when they beat the Titan, uh, Texans by three touchdowns. But um, let me say this. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons – Unbelievable player on that defense this season. He had two sacks last week. He's up to five in the last two weeks. Your podcast uh, on the Titans, Titans Film Room. Uh, what's up, Graver, by the way? Hi, how's it going? Hey, your podcast. What do you drive? I drive a Sentra, proudly. Look at that. Be, be, but because the stadium is named after. Okay, I'm just confused yeah. that that was not a trigger point for you to go buy the car. I would have been disturbed play, play along, if that was yeah. the case. But uh, so your podcast on the Titans uh, has some pull within the Tennessee Titans fan community. And uh, as a result, a reporter asked, asked Jeffrey Simmons about the nickname that your podcast, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, uh, you're trying to, to make uh, the defensive line's nickname be the Tennessee Tickle Monsters. Is that correct? That's right. All right. So somebody, and this is really this is a good pop for you, and it has been a lot of good pop for Gravedigger. <laughs> behind the scenes really a surging. Sure. Um <laughs> They asked they asked Jeffrey Simmons uh, what he thought about the Tickle Monsters nickname. Here's what he said. Yeah, I saw that. I kind of ignored it. That's Ooh. that's not who we are. Ooh. We uh, I see they need to come up with something more aggressive. Ooh. Tickle Monsters sound too, you know. I guess nice. Ooh. You know, we when we on the field, we like to be mean. We like to be Ooh. aggressive. So I don't like that one. Oh, better fit. I don't know. They got to come up with something better than that. So. Oh, I, th- I think he's yeah, halfway there. I think he's halfway. You've 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 oh. partly convinced him. Wait, let's not. Yeah, let's not sugarcoat this. You got just basically thrown out of the building metaphorically on that. I think this is a miscommunication because he's saying all the I same things that we're saying. They're aggressive. They're mean. Like when your weird uncle is tickling you as a child, Amazing. like that's aggressive and mean, right? <laughs> that's assault, brother. Ah, yeah, there are gonna be a lot of ah. things. <laughs> when, when, when you're getting tickled, like 
That can is we do, extremely... Can we call it an aunt? I don't know. It just feels Yeah, better. sure. Yeah. Any any weird family member of yours that likes to just tickle you when you're a child. I like... mean, he all but requested that you guys never get credentials. That was it was a tough situation there. But and you have to be best surprised. Too. You tough. can try to spin it, and I understand that that's what you're going to try to do there, Grave Digger. I will say. But he really was not happy with it. I will say Bud Dupree liked the video of the Tickle Monsters on Instagram. So Bud Dupree's behind it. And Ola Adani, who's like a, a third outside linebacker guy, he said it's amusing to him. Great. So you've split the locker room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you got a Simmons is a big dog there. And you ha- I think you have to have something that they're all on the same page. What about like Big Jeff and the Tickle Monsters or something? Well, there you go. He might big warm up Jeff. to the no, individual think. attention there. That's smart. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a, a Bruce and the E Street Band type. Uh-huh. All right. Just a little spin. <laughs> Not All sure, right. Not sure they win by three touchdowns, by the way. I don't know. I know their offense hasn't Four? been very good, but come on. I don't know. A defensive score. Division game. That'd be a special team Maybe Tyrod isn't quite as bad as he looked that game against the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, too, they're so resilient. I, I think they're going to handle their business here. I think, yeah, they'll be fine, but it wouldn't surprise me. The Titans don't feel like they're ready to blow teams out right now. But that is ultimately for um, Gravedigger a bad news, good news thing. More good than bad because bad news, Simmons did a 360 windmill dunk on you and your nickname. Good news. It, like – Gravedigger and the Titans phone room, they're part of the conversation. You're in you're in you're a horse in the race. I don't know what they're race. They're part it of is. the Titan Zeitgeist. Right. So. Kaharski is furious right now. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, don't With let Kaharski hear about this. When when he we had him on the show, he was so angry about the Titans thing. I think he wrote about it. He tweeted about it. And then we had him on as guest and I revealed that I was the one that had the nickname. He's like, Oh, that was you? <laughs> He is not going to like the Tickle Monsters if he didn't like Titans. Be careful there. He's a salty guy, that Kaharski. I liked him. I thought he was a, you know, he's kind of an uncle type guy, a gruff uncle. Not the uncle. Not that, a tickling not, uncle. Not that uncle that we yes. were chronicling before. Gruff uncles. It's good to have a couple of gruff uncles in the mix. They yeah. teach you some things. They do. All right. Uh, we hope uh, we taught you some things. You know, the Uncle Charles Bowl is this weekend. Graver is part of the zeitgeist. At the Titans, Mark is on a break. And you're going to uh, – no Blauhards. Oh, that's a bad thing. oh yeah. They couldn't even go down that road. Yeah, Tim that Boyle. Would've, I would have been all over. We, we should have, yeah, closed that circle. That's Tim rough. Boyle coming off IR. Looks like he'll start for the that's Lions. Rough. And probably start – if he looks okay, probably starting on Thanksgiving. So Oof. get ready for some Tim Boyle. He had some moments in the preseason with the Packers. I'm just saying. We'll all see. right. Good a stuff. holiday poorly named. Uh, again. Thanks to the Lions. <laughs> again. Thursday night football, Patriots-Falcons recap with Mark Sessler and a special guest. Guests, plural. Multiple. Yeah. Did someone say viral? Can we go two in a row? I'm not – I don't make these types of promises that get dropped out of the sky. You know, we'll see how it does. Um, And then Sunday night, we'll recap every game we just previewed. And like we said, we'll be at – uh, the Sunday night football game, Steelers-Chargers. So that's going to be fun. We'll talk a little bit about that experience. Let's see. Uh, developing news, Erica. Yep. Oh, we're back. Okay. All right. No no other updates. Sorry. <laughs> Still the one you had. Ferd wrote, I'll ask... Period. Credential deadline passed, so they may say no. Okay. 
Yeah. I feel like we've been pretty good to the Chargers on this show. And if there's any Chargers people listening, we have some Chargers friends in the uh, building Absolutely. over there. I mean, okay. I mean they're, they're announcers for starters. Right. You do a show with their employee, Matt Money Smith. Right. I mean, you could argue this podcast built SoFi Stadium if you want to look at it from a certain <laughs> point of view. That's, that's, uh, that feels a little strong. <laughs> All right. So hopefully Ricky will be with us as well. If not, she'll just, you know, be sitting around, you know. Watching the, the game on that TV. That might have turned the, the tide right watching there. Watching the boob tube. All right. Go hang out in the film room. All right. Let's go. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the old boss. Grave digger. Quiet Storm. The guy's got juice. Digger. He's got juice week after week. Can't doubt it. Till Sunday, heed the call.